Line Podcast. This is the Bottom Line Podcast presented by Anchor.fm, your home for sports and entertainment talk. I'm Jimmy Finizzi alongside Neil Villapiano. We hope you're doing well. As always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to take a listen. We really do appreciate it. Before we get started, you know the drill. Questions, opinions, Twitter and Instagram at BottomLineWMCX. Also on Twitter at the NVP show. Hashtag Bottom Line. Leave a voice message on the Anchor app or Anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, please Leave a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for this podcast. Neil, we made it. The big game is upon us. Super Bowl 55 is here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Kansas City Chiefs at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. I am so, so hyped up for this game. How the heck are you feeling? I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I mean, every year you look forward to the Super Bowl, regardless of who's in it. I mean, obviously, when you're a fan of one of the teams that's in it, it means that much more. But just as a football fan, I'm excited, as I always am. I think we have a really good matchup. I know that a lot of people out there are were probably dreading this type of matchup. But for me, when I look at it as just a fan and looking at what the possibilities that could be, from how this game goes, uh, it certainly is an exciting one. So I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, yeah. I can't wait. It, two teams that I really don't dislike. I, I really I really like both of these teams. I mean, one of the quarterbacks I may have an issue with, but no. I'm only kidding, of course, because yeah. why, why do I have to hate Tom Brady? I'm a Giants fan. We beat him twice in the Super Bowl, so what do I got to complain about there? Yep. But I digress. By the way, uh, just a real quick side note here, in case uh, you don't notice the audio quality on uh, YouTube and on the audio platforms, I do happen to have a, a new microphone Ooh. with me. So let me know what you think of the new audio quality, if I sound okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm only kidding. Let me know. Let me know what you think of the quality, though, at bottom line WMCX on Twitter and Instagram. But all jokes aside, you know, we got a lot to unpack with this game. So yeah. let's not waste any more time. Let's just dive I straight. I just wanted to say real quick, um, did sure. you by any chance get it get an opportunity to watch last night's uh, thirty for thirty Al Davis versus the NFL? Dude, it was oh, good, right? It very was good. it was absolutely yep. tremendous. It very very interesting. That there, there's a lot I didn't know about Al Davis. Yeah, I mean, you think about you know what Al Davis did for the National Football League. You know, I think that you know, yeah, Pete Rozelle will obviously go down as probably the most memorable commissioner in National Football League history. And you look at all the positives that he brought to, you know, the league and making it the most popular sport in America. Um, But then you also look at it, if it wasn't for Al Davis, I don't think the NFL would have gotten as big as it is now. I think you need somebody to wear that black hat. And ironically with, you know, the Raiders, it was kind of a perfect, uh, it was a perfect situation. Um, The only thing that I thought was strange was the whole, like, doing the CGI thing where they just had like the guys, you know, Roselle's face over some other. Yeah. I, 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 I didn't see the need for that. That was a, that was a bit crazy to look at in my opinion. To me, I would have preferred them to do something like a football life usually does where they just have other people talk about this. Right. Um, 
maybe they just felt like from a dramatic standpoint, it would be better. And maybe also because it's somewhat new technology that they thought maybe it's something they give it a try. Um, I hope that they don't try to do this more often because I don't think it's something that is really that impressive. And it's a little bit weird to see, no question about it. But I thought all in all, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in that, thir in that 30 for 30 that I already knew. Um, there were some things every now and then, you know, especially with what happened uh, during their time being in court uh, when Al Davis was trying to move the Raiders from Oakland to Los Angeles right. uh, that I didn't know about. And I thought was really great that they, they showcased that. But it really showed that, you know, even now, uh, there's still an ax to grind when it comes to the NFL and its treatment of the Raiders. Um, but, you know, Al Davis will go down as one of the greatest football people of all time, considering what he did. Uh, so will Pete Rozelle, even if I don't like 95% of what he did um, as commissioner. But I thought it was still a great documentary. Um, I'm glad that they brought this up. And yeah, I think it was a good time to bring it up, considering now that the Raiders finally got their state-of-the-art stadium, the Death Star in Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, um, if you don't, if you haven't seen it yet, I'm pretty sure they'll probably show it again somewhere on ESPN. Or if you have ESPN Plus, you can now stream it yes. as well. Or if you just want to find an illegal stream, go ahead. I'm not. <laughs> nobody's going to stop you, really. I mean, we 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 don't encourage that, but more yeah. power to you. But but if but, you but no. If you don't want to spend the money, then yeah, I would encourage <laughs> it. I mean, I would, you know. I I mean, listen. All all jokes aside, if you really if you haven't checked it out, please do. It, it is very very interesting no stuff. It stuff. It's on ESPN Plus, where you can watch every single. 30 for 30 documentary that's out, or you can just catch a replay whenever it's on, on any of the ESPN networks. So that being said, let's unpack Super Bowl 55. So as we know right now, Tampa Bay is going to be the first team in NFL history to ever host a Super Bowl game in their own home stadium. Of course, led by one of the goats of all time, Tom Brady. I mean, what more did you expect there? But look, we know, we know what both teams can do offensively. I mean, with Tampa Bay, look, you got Brady, you got Gronk, you got Mike Evans, you got Chris Godwin, you got Leonard Fournette. You got virtually an unstoppable offense if things go right for them. And with Kansas City, look, do I really need to say any more? Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, McCole Hardman, I mean, do I really need to go on with how lethal the Kansas City offense is? But truthfully, Neil, that's not what I'm looking at here. Although I do expect it to be a pretty, pretty decent scoring game. I'm kind of looking at, at this Super Bowl on the defensive side of the ball. And here's why. On one hand, you look at Tampa Bay's defense. They've been, they've been really, really good the past few weeks. I mean, with guys like Ndamuk and Sue, Jason Pierre, Paul, who's really coming to his own. I mean, the Giants mm -hmm. probably still regret giving him away, but I'm not going to get into a whole tangent <laughs> about that. But look, Tampa's defense has been very, very, very good. At, and especially at stopping the run. I mean, that that's something to keep your eyes out for if you're a Tampa Bay's defense. They've been really, really good. And as far as Kansas City's defense, it's not the best defense I've ever seen. But it is, it is solid enough. But the one guy, the one guy to keep your eyes on on that Kansas City defense is Tyron Matthew. 
the honey badger. I mean, he is going to be an absolute problem if Tampa Bay does not find a way to slow him down. That's the key guy I'm looking at in the Super Bowl. And if things tend to break right, if this somehow is a defensive game, there is a good possibility that Tyron Matthew could win Super Bowl MVP. I'm not saying that's going to be the case. I'm not saying that. Please do not quote me on that. I'm saying if, if, if that breaks right, then there's a chance. But I know what this game's going to be. This is going to be between two high-powered offenses who know how to get right in your face, especially with the run game. Kansas City, Kansas City run game. I mean, well, let me, it's, let me, it's um, decent. I mean, I, 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 technically, I, I tend to find Tampa Bay's running game to be a little bit better because of what Leonard Fournette can do. But yeah. I digress. Go ahead, Neil. I'm let sorry. Me, let me, um, let me jump in with the defenses here. Yeah, no, no, sure. Go I'm ahead. Try to catch up to you. I, I didn't know if you were going to go the whole, your whole preview in one, uh, sitting <laughs> there. No, but no, go, go, go ahead. About the, the Bucks defense first. Uh, they're actually nicknamed the Grave Diggers. Uh, in yes. Case you really didn't know that. Uh, they're led by defensive coordinator Todd Bowles and, you know, the, the thing about Todd Bowles, it's really an amazing thing. He really wasn't that good as the Jets head coach. I mean, he was there for five years, but he just was not very good. I mean, that's just that's just putting it lightly. Um, but as a defensive coordinator, no matter where he's gone, whether it's been in, you know, with the Philadelphia Eagles, or even when he was with the, or he's been with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he has done a fine job. He is an aggressive blitzer. That's something mm. that the Bucs are very well known for. They're the third most blitzing team in the National Football League. Yes. And that's going to be something to watch for when we get to the Super Bowl. I- I'm kind of curious to know, is Todd Bowles going to continue to do what he's been doing, try to blitz Mahomes, get him to get uncomfortable in the pocket? I'm not sure. But the thing you have to remember is that when it comes to, you know, facing the blitz, uh, Patrick Mahomes statistically is the best quarterback in the National Football League when facing the blitz. Like, he knows yep. how to get the ball off very quickly and the chiefs offense likes to do a lot of play action. So I think that's something to, uh, to watch out for. For me, there's a couple of guys that kind of stand out when it comes to their defense. Um, well, one thing we have to remember is that Vita Vea is actually going to be ready to go for this game. He was not available in the NFC championship game and he will be playing. So their defense just got a lot stronger, but that's right. Yeah. The, the guy that I'm looking at to me is Carlton Davis, their cornerback, because here's the thing. Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards in the first quarter against this Bucks defense back in week 12. Yep. Clearly, Todd Bowles is going to be watching that film over and over and over again to make sure that he can find a loophole to not necessarily stopping that offense, but slowing it down. And I think you're going to see a lot of Carlton Davis going up against Tyreek Hill. Carlton Davis is their fastest cornerback he is their, pretty much their lockdown corner, and they're going to have him basically just go and stay on him the entire game. So I think that's somebody to watch. But the guy that I think is going to have the biggest impact on defense for the Bucs is going to be safety Antoine Winfield Jr. And the reason I say that is because I think, like I said, Todd Bowles is going to be very aggressive when it comes to his play calling and how he's going to do it. And I think if you can get Mahomes to throw off his back foot, very similar to what I saw from Eli Manning for many years. You get him to throw up his back foot, he's going to make a mistake. And I think someone like Winfield, who's obviously a safety, he's going to be playing back, trying to see if he can keep the defenders in front of him. And Mm -hmm. because Mahomes likes to go to Travis Kelsey a lot, I think you're going to see Winfield get involved a bunch. And I think this is going to be a big game for him. And it might not be a big game from the standpoint of he might get an interception or two or something like that, but he just might have a big game when it comes to shutting down 
those top guys. So that's what I look at. Right. For the Chiefs defense, you know, the Chiefs defense is solid. It's not great. It's not the best, but it's a very solid defense. And it's led by Steve Spagnuolo, their defensive coordinator, who has some pretty good experience against Tom Brady, as we all know from Super Bowl 42. <laughs> so clearly with his NASCAR defense, because that's basically in a way. What and, and, and by, by the way, by the way, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I apologize, Neil, but isn't it funny how Tom Brady's going up against Spags again for like what, the seventh time in his career? Yeah, and this is the second time in the in the Super Bowl. There's no question. So this <laughs> yes. is going to be a very – it's going to be very intriguing. I would expect the Chiefs' defense to play similar to what the Giants, you know, played in Super Bowl 42. They're going to try to get to Tom Brady. They're going to bring some blitzes because Brady is a lot more – you know, he's not mobile. That's clearly obvious. Right. If you can get to him and force him to rush his throw, he's going to make mistakes. We've seen that numerous times. He becomes mm. a very average quarterback when you do that. The guy that I am expecting to really be the catalyst, you know, kind of like what Justin Tuck was in that Super Bowl where he was like the main guy getting after Brady, is Frank Clark on that defensive side. Yes. Frank Clark hasn't had a big breakout game yet this season. I believe that this is going to be that time. Him and Chris Jones on those two outsides are going to be nightmares for that Buccaneers offensive line, who I will say, I was very curious to, to wonder how they were going to perform this year, you know, with Brady having a completely new offensive line. Mm-hmm. They've done a pretty bang-up job. But I think Frank Clark, with his ability, very similar to a Khalil Mack, you know, he's kind of a hybrid of a linebacker slash defensive end. He's going to be coming off the edge. He's going to be trying to force Brady to step up in the pocket. He's going to force him to try to rush his throw. I think you're going to see him get to Brady a couple of times, maybe not sack him, but certainly try to lay a hit on him. And I don't think they're worried about, you know, Brady getting one of those classic flags where it's roughing the passer. I think that they're just going to be focusing on just getting to him. Because I think if you get to Tom Brady, as Michael Strahan said, if you don't get to Tom Brady, you're not going to win. And that's really what it is. For the Chiefs, the biggest thing is not their offense. It's can their defense get to Tom Brady. If they can do that, the Chiefs got this game in the bag. So that's really what I look at from both of these defenses. So now you can continue with the running game. No, no, I I, I couldn't agree with you more. All I was really going to say about the running game is that Tampa Bay is a slight edge in the running game because I really like what Leonard Fournette has brought to the table in their running game. So I give a slight edge to Tampa Bay right there. But as far as just offense in general, like I said before, I expect this to be a high-scoring offensive game because both teams love to throw the football and score points but here's the thing Kansas City's offensive line is so banged up and that is going to be a huge factor especially without Eric Fisher who is unfortunately not going to play with a torn Achilles so that is going to be a massive massive blow for that offensive line he's been the one that's been protecting Patrick Mahomes like there's no tomorrow so that's gonna be a tough loss Jason Pierre-Paul is licking his chops knowing he's got to go up against Mike Remmers on Sunday. Oh, oh my gosh. Isn't he a former – I believe Mike Remmers used to be on the Giants. I think he was on the Giants, like, what, last year, two years ago? I could have sworn – I thought it was two years ago, yeah. Um, But, you know, Remmers has actually done pretty well in Fisher's absence. And we all know the blind side is the most important position on the offensive line when it comes to, you know, just protecting the quarterback. And Mm. Jason Pierre-Paul – has gotten better as the weeks have gone by. He had a couple sacks against Aaron Rodgers last week, going up against 
the backup to David Bakhtiari. So yep. again, very similar situation. And you know that Jason Pierre-Paul is going to want to do whatever it takes to get to Patrick Mahomes as much as he can and get him frustrated. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Now, I, I do got to give him props, though. He has, he has played well, like you said, but I don't know. Just something tells me that the loss of Eric Fisher is still going to have a major mm. impact on the Kansas City offensive line. But, hey, hey, we'll see. But, hey, like maybe this guy will keep himself going and step it up in the big moment. We shall find out. But here's the other thing. Patrick Mahomes is still dealing with, what was it, turf toe, I think it was? He's dealing with some sort of toe injury. I think it's turf toe if I'm not mistaken. So how is he going to look with running the football? That's also going to be a key thing because he's probably going to be limited with running the football. He's probably going to be asked to throw it a lot more than he's used to. Not to say that he he's, isn't used to running, throwing the football at all. We know what he can do with, with throwing well, the football. But a, even he's still, a... he's going to be very limited with running with it. So he's probably going to have to throw a little bit more passes than he's used to. And I think that's going to be another big factor. Well, here's the thing with Mahomes. Mahomes is not a is not a running quarterback. In it, he's mobile. He's mobile. He can get out of the pocket. He can make plays. You know, right. that's just kind of like that's the new norm in, in the quarterback uh, world nowadays. But Mahomes is much more about throwing the football because he knows he has those weapons. So I don't mm-hmm. think the game plan is going to change that much. Um, you know, it's more of an ankle injury that he's dealing with, not really turf toe. I mean, they're, okay. they're saying it's turf toe, but I think it's more of an ankle injury. Um, you know, look, Mahomes looked fine last, you know, couple weeks ago against the Bills. So, True. I mean, but this is obviously a better defense that he's faced. And the thing that's scary about the Bucks defense is that it's gotten better over the, since the playoffs started. Yeah, they were, they were okay against a third string or even want to go fourth string quarterback in Washington. They beat down on Drew Brees and really had his career almost up with a whimper. And mm-hmm. their defense was kind of reeling in the second half against Green Bay. But they can make plays. They're a bend but don't break defense in many regards. Right. But I think if you can keep Mahomes in the pocket and keep him there for more than five seconds, I think you do have a chance. Um, but I would say that Todd Bowles – probably understands that Mahomes is still dealing with that injury and he's going to want to blitz. So I would expect a lot of blitzing to be happening early on in this game. It might change as the game progresses, depending on how things go, but I think you're going to see them want to try to contain Mahomes, keep him in that little bubble, keep him in that pocket. Um, Because even though if you give a guy a seven, eight, nine, 10 second pocket, most likely they're going to find somebody open. If you can continue to guard them and force Mahomes to roll out of the pocket he may not be 100%. We don't really know. But I would say more Mahomes is more of a classic pocket passer quarterback than he is a, a running quarterback. Um, but he does have a lot of mobility, which is important. But that, but that ankle injury is still something to keep an eye on in this game. No, yeah, absolutely. And like you said before, against the Blitz, Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks ever when it comes to the, to the Blitz. So the that, that's going to be... That's going to be he's, another big thing to watch out for. He's statistically the best quarterback this season uh, when it comes to the blitz. Yep. He's first in passes, uh, completions, touchdowns. I think he's thrown something like 14 or 15 of his touchdowns this season yep. off, of the, off of the blitz. So, you know, he's kind of proven <laughs> – he's kind of debunked, honestly, anything that you could say like, oh, maybe if we get him to do this, he'll struggle. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Nobody's, 
nobody's perfect. So we'll, we'll, we'll find out. Yep, exactly. And when, and when it comes to Tom Brady, look, there's really nothing more I can say about what Tom Brady has done throughout his career. I mean, he, th- this year, especially he has silenced guys like Max Kellerman about saying, Oh, he's done. He can't do it anymore. He can't be an elite quarterback. Well, can I, look, can at, I look, look, look at what he's that? done with Tampa Bay and then talk to me. Can I say something about that? Sure. I think, I think Max Kellerman saying that was the best thing that ever happened to Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady <laughs> had Max Kellerman. No, I really, no, no. No, hear me no I mean, you're, 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 not, you're not wrong. I, I just laugh because it, you're 100% right. The thing about Tom Brady in many ways that I've learned over, over time is that he really thrives on having motivation, on having something to prove. I, you know, for many years, you know, he's his biggest critic. He still thinks even now that he's not very good, that he has a decent arm, all these things. And he always says that he wants to go out there and prove that he's the best quarterback for his team. He wants to earn it every single day. Mm. And so when, when Brady is hearing stuff like that, of course, in public, he may not say like, Oh, it's, it's, it's whatever. It's not a big deal. He loves it because he loves being able to prove people wrong. And I think in this sense, having, you know, Max Kellerman say for the last five, six years that, Oh, the cliff is coming. The cliff is coming. The cliff is coming. Brady has continued to debunk that and has won a couple more Super Bowls and looking for his seventh, you know, on Sunday. So Mm -hmm. I think Brady has Max Kellerman to thank for constantly giving him that, you know, adding fuel to the fire and giving him that motivation to go out there and prove that he is still one of the best, if not the best in the national football. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you're certainly not wrong on that I, I I can't argue that but but look there's really nothing more we can say about Tom Brady he is the GOAT for a reason and if he if he wins this Super Bowl if he does win his seventh ring I think that well look Neil and I have made the argument that he's already cemented his cemented his status as the GOAT because he got that Tampa Bay team to host the Super Bowl game so what he was able to do with that team after What's that? That was the only thing on his resume that he didn't have. Exactly. Taking taking a host team to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, after after, after having after having a season last year where Jameis Winston went thirty for thirty, quite literally. So and we got to go, and we to gotta, go from yeah, that to having a home home Super Bowl game really says a lot. And we got to give credit where credit is due to Byron Leftwich, their offensive coordinator, because look at this. Jameis Winston last year threw for over 5,000 yards, only quarterback in the league to do that. He threw 30 touchdown passes. Yeah, he threw 30 interceptions. I get that. But they were a very heavy passing offense. The next year, Byron Leftwich gets Tom Brady. He gets Gronk. He gets AB. And he adds also Leonard Fournette. And Mm. Brady still throws 40 touchdowns, well over 4,000 yards, only 1,200. I mean, think about it. As an OC – the last two quarterbacks he's coached have combined have combined for 70 touchdown passes and nearly 10,000 yards. Yep. That's really damn good. Now you also have to give credit to Mr. No Risk It No Biscuit himself, Bruce Arians, for you know his offensive prowess being the being a real quarterback whisperer and being as legit as he is. But Byron Leftwich has developed himself into a very, very good offensive coach. Do I think that he could be an, a head coach? That remains to be seen. But as an offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich has done a phenomenal job. And I know he has great weapons around him. I get that. But so does Eric Bieniemy, And Eric yep. Bieniemy is considered to be one of the hottest, if not the hottest head coaching prospect, 
even though he still hasn't gotten the job. I mean, mm. you know, to me, you have to give credit there as well because, yeah, Brady throws the passes and he does things. But Byron Leftwich got to make the calls and he's got to know when to make timely calls in certain situations. And he's done that. And you know what? Let me give you a good example. Leonard Fournette had basically done virtually nothing this entire year. Then you go to the NFC Championship game, and even though he only had like 48 yards rushing, he scored the game when he touched down on a third-round yep. play where he was stuffed at the line. It was like, okay, he bounced it out to the outside, made a tremendous spin move, and got to the end zone. It takes balls to make a call like that. It takes balls to make a call like he did on third down when the Bucks were looking to try to just get a first down to run out the clock and go to the Super Bowl. And they did a play action that if it wasn't for the holding penalty, it probably would have been caught anyway. But, you know, it, it takes balls to make that. Again, no risk it, no biscuit. If you don't try a great shot, it won't come. That's just how it is. So you got to give credit there as well. <clears throat> I'm not trying to demean Tom Brady in any way. I just want to give Byron Leftwich the credit that he deserves. No, oh, he he absolutely deserves a lot of credit. He's done a phenomenal job with that with that offense. So, oh, and by the way, just a little side note here: um, Antonio Brown is expected to play, but be limited in the Super Bowl. So we'll see how big Look, a factor I mean, he'll be. Antonio Brown is a ring chaser at this point. I mean, that's really what it is. Yeah, he had touchdowns in four of his last five games in the regular season. <laughs> but look, the reason that he's here is because he wanted to win a Super Bowl. And he sees an opportunity and that's what he's going to do with it. So, you know, whatever. Good for him. Like, you know, he'll probably stay with the uh, the Buccaneers long term. I mean, it is what it is. And I don't think the Chiefs defense is concerned that much with Antonio Brown. I think they have a lot more to be worried about with, you know, the likes of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, honestly. Mm -hmm. You have Gronk. You have, you know, Cameron Bratt. You have, and then you have Ronald Jones, who even though it's been a big disappointment, could still be effective. Leonard Fournette and even LaShawn McCoy to a lesser extent if he actually is going to be healthy and will actually get some playing time. I don't know. But, oh, yeah. You know, I don't – Antonio Brown, I, I wouldn't worry about him too much. Eh, all right. If you say so, my man. I, just wanted to... I mean, if he's limited and he's dealing with an injury, I mean – Well, I mean, yeah, but, I mean, still, he is know. expected to play. I don't but... think the game plan is going to be surrounding – Eh, we'll he's see. He's not going to be surrounded by um, – he's not he, – the game plan is not going to be surrounding Antonio Brown. That's that. That's what I will say. All right. All right. Well, hey, we'll see what happens. It could go either way in the Super Bowl. So, with all that being said, you're probably wondering, Jimmy, Neil, who do you got winning? And <laughs> I got to be brutally honest with you, this is a tough one for me to pick. This is really, really tough because mm. – I love both teams and I won't be mad with whomever wins because I like both teams. I love what they're capable of. But like I said, I'm paying more attention to the defensive side of the ball, even though I know it's going to be a high scoring game. I'm looking to see what both defenses are capable of, but I got to be brutally honest here. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winning the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to win the Super Bowl. You, it's not often that you get a home Super Bowl game. Mm -hmm. That has never, ever happened up until this point. 
And the fact that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in this position right now, they better not screw this up. And I expect them to go out there hungrier than ever. Okay. Mm -hmm. I expect this to be a high scoring game. I expect this to be a field goal game. That's how much I'm confident in this offense. So I am going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning Super Bowl 55, 40 to 37 with Tom freaking Brady winning Super Bowl MVP. That is my Super Bowl 55 prediction. Neil? The Kansas City Chiefs are looking to win their second consecutive Super Bowl. And they would, and if they do that, they would be the first team since the 03-04 New England Patriots to win back-to-back Super Bowls. And Jimmy, who was the quarterback of the Patriots when they did that? Oh, Tom Brady. There you go. <laughs> and it seems almost like a perfect, perfect, you know, situation. You know, Mahomes is considered to be. Uh, I guess you would call him mini goat. You know, they consider him to be once Brady leaves that he would take <laughs> over as arguably yes, the best yes. quarterback in the league and he'll probably win a multitude of other Super Bowls. We'll see. You know, it's hard to replicate what the Patriots and Tom Brady did, um, but Brady's kind of doing that already in his first year in Tampa. And then you look at the Bucks. This is their first Super Bowl in nearly two decades. I mean, since 2002. And, you know, we look at this year and again, both of us had one of these teams in the Super Bowl. I think you had the Bucks as one of your picks. Yeah, I did. Mistaken, I did. And I had the Chiefs. So we were we we're pretty, pretty good. This is a this is a matchup we really I think at the end of the day knew was probably coming. Oh, Maybe yeah. not this year, but I think we all knew at some point it was gonna it was gonna show up. Mm-hmm. And you know, Tom Brady has done everything he possibly could can to put the Bucks in this position. Um and again, as I've mentioned before, the only two things he had, he never had on his resume up until maybe by, you know, Sunday at 11 p.m., um, taking a team that's hosting the Super Bowl to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl in your own home stadium, which would be a remarkable thing. Mm. Like you, I think this will be a high scoring game. I have a little bit more of a random score, but I still think okay. it's going to be legit. Um, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as well winning the Super Bowl. I have them winning it 39 to 37. Um, I don't think it's going to be coming down to a game winning field goal. I think it, to me, it's going to be this. Neither defense is going to come out and have the world's greatest performance. I would be surprised if that ended up being the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's going to come down to which defense is going to make that key play. And it could be an interception, a fumble recovery a sack, an incomplete pass, um, a tackle, a rent, rent, you know, it could be something like that, that we look back and say, that was the reason they won the game. That was right. the big play of the game. That's, you know, so, but for me, again, 39 to 37, Tampa Bay. And like you as well, I have Tom Brady winning Super Bowl MVP. This would give him his fifth Super Bowl MVP, which is already a record. He already has the record. Yep. And he would move to seven and three all time in the Super Bowl. And he'll finally get some revenge against Steve Spagnola and his defense, which I'm sure is something that he is looking forward to doing. So again, 39 to 37 bucks with Tom Brady winning his fifth Super Bowl Most Valuable Player Award. Well, it looks like we're simpatico here, my dude. We both have Tampa Bay winning the Super Bowl. 
I have 40 to 37. You have 39, 37, but we both have Tom Brady winning Super Bowl MVP. Let us know who you have winning Super Bowl 55. But hey, I will say this. If the Chiefs do win, that wouldn't shock me in the slightest. And on that note, that'll wrap it up for this episode of the Bottom Line Podcast. Let us know who you have winning Super Bowl 55 on Twitter and Instagram at Bottom Line WMCX and on Twitter at the MVP Show and also on Instagram at MVP QB11. Sorry, I didn't mention that in the intro of the show. Hashtag Bottom Line. You mentioned that. I mean, it's been like you 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 never mention it. You never mention it. I have more than one. I'm just I'm just so used to Twitter. It's like eh, I don't even know anymore. But hey, you know what? Instagram has its uses. (laughs) It does. We should have a top five list of the of our favorite social media apps and do that. We should do that one time. For the entertainment side of this podcast, we should do that. That 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 would be a very interesting list. But anyway, though, let us know who you have winning Super Bowl Super Bowl 55. Like I said, Twitter and Instagram at bottom line WMCX, Twitter at the MVP show, and on Instagram at MVP QB11. Hashtag bottom line. Voice message on Anchor, the app, or at anchor.fm. And as always, if you like what you see on YouTube, please leave a like and a comment down below. Helps out tremendously. And please make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you do not miss a single episode. And please subscribe on all audio listening platforms. Just include Jimmy when searching for the Bottom Line Podcast. Next week, we will have a recap of Super Bowl 55. We'll break down what happened, and we will praise the winning team and probably bash, but not too much, the losing team. But... We'll have a full recap of Super Bowl 55 next week. So stay tuned for that. Neil, enjoy the big game, my man. Stay safe. I'm looking forward to doing it all again next week. Same here, my friend. And I'll see you on Sunday morning as well. Yeah, that's a well. Yeah, actually, before we wrap up this episode, that's another thing I forgot to mention. Thank you for the reminder. Mm-hmm. Um, in case you don't know, um, Neil and I are broadcast partners for the Jersey Shore Whalers uh, hockey team in Farmingdale, New Jersey on the Jersey Shore. And the 18U game has a game this upcoming Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, actually, February 7th at 10 a.m. at Howell Ice Arena, 10 a.m. Eastern time puck drop, I should add. I forget who the opponent, I think it's the Jersey Hitmen, if Mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. It is the Jersey Hitmen. I believe so. so, It should be a fun, fun game, 10 a.m. Eastern time puck drop on HockeyTV.com. You go on that website, get a subscription, and watch the game there. And you can watch all replays of every and all Whalers games on HockeyTV.com as well. So, again, Neil and I will be on the call Super Bowl Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern time, Whalers 18U team against the Jersey Hitmen. So, hope you'll join us then. Now we're done. Enjoy the big game. Bucks, Chiefs. Neil and I both have the Bucks winning the Super Bowl. I have them 40-37. to Neil has 39-37. But we both have t- Tom Brady winning Super Bowl MVP. Who do you have winning? Let us know on social media and enjoy the big game. For Neil Villapiano, I'm Jimmy Finizzi. This is the Bottom Line Podcast. See you in the next episode. Peace out.